0: My days working taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our awards. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. I am not Faraz Ziddiqi. Uh, this is Joe, a uh, fantasy football analyst. Unfortunately, Faraz is dealing with uh, you know a loss in the family right now. So he is not going to be here this week. So good news. You have however long this is going to be of just me. Uh, I tried talking to a couple people, but the times didn't work out last minute. So you guys got me here while Faraz deals with what he needs to deal with. Hope all is well with him. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I guess since I'm running this thing, we can do whatever I want. We're just going to talk about Joe Mixon for a whole – no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're not going to talk about Joe Mixon for a whole hour. Maybe I'll do that in the future. But um, right now I'm going to honor Faraz's wishes – And not talk about Joe Mixon or Kyle Pitts for the... Well, actually, I can bring up Kyle Pitts because this is going to be a tight end podcast. But uh, yeah, with that being said, let's uh, get into some of the more recent news before we jump into the tight ends. Um, First of all, Dak Prescott signed to a massive extension, finally got that deal. I believe he's averaging around $40 million per year, so he's next up behind Patrick Mahomes, I believe, on a per year basis, so pretty big there. Great for Dak. Um, some questions about if he was actually going to hit free agency, if he was going to be tagged uh, for the second year in a row. But seems like all those questions were answered. Now he's tied into a contract, which kind of leads to the point of where would you take him, and where would you have him ranked in terms of quarterbacks? So me and Faraz, if you remember the quarterback episode, we had him a little lower just because we were unsure about if he was going to continue to stay with Dallas Cowboys or maybe he would test free agency, which, you know, it it always seemed like he was going to get that contract. And at the very least they were going to tag him again, but would he want to accept that tag? Regardless, our questions have been answered and Dak Prescott is now a member of the Cowboys for the next coming years. So not something we have to worry about. Um, Franchise tags that happened uh alan robinson got franchise tagged by the bears he's not going anywhere at least this year chris godwin also also franchise tagged by the tampa bay buccaneers a little tidbit to levante david i believe got a two-year extension as well so locked in both godwin and david doesn't leave a whole lot of room for guys like shaquille barrett and antonio brown so we'll see how that shakes out um with the new salary cap being announced which is now at 100 82 million as opposed to 198 million it was last year. Some guys being released as of late. Um, A lot of wide receivers being released. Emmanuel Sanders, um, John Brown, Golden Tate being some of those names. Uh, One of the running backs who got released finally has a new team. Mark Ingram signed with the Houston Texans earlier today. So it's going to be an interesting backfield with him and David Johnson. Um, Personally, it's backfield seems like kind of a mess. I'm not overly confident in how much Mark Ingram is going to touch the ball, but I will say, I do think he is a bigger threat than Duke Johnson. Um, Not necessarily. I don't think he's better. And it's tough because Ingram isn't exactly in his prime, but he still can get those goal line carries. He can still be a factor in the passing game. So it's going to be interesting to see how they use him. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Still still there. Uh, you know, hopefully maybe Mark Ingram moves the needle a little bit, but no, I mean we'll see. Um, some other news. People who didn't get tagged. Aaron Jones set to hit the free market. Kenny Galladay, a name who me for also thought was gonna get tagged. He's gonna hit the open market. Hunter Henry, he got tagged last year. He's not being tagged this year, he's gonna hit the open market so. Free agency begins on Monday, the fifteenth. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. There's gonna be a lot of big changes. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited, and hopefully, Faraz will be able to be here next week and help me cover all of the changes um, that we get to see. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, that covers the basis of the notes that I have here. So, yeah, I mean, let's just jump straight into this. Let's look at the uh, 2021 rankings. This is obviously an early list, also for PPR. And, um, yeah, it, it's tough transitioning by yourself. It, it's really tough. I'm, I don't. You guys can't see me, but I'm literally passing a pen in front. Of, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm lost without Faraz, but it's okay. We'll get by just for this week. <laughs> All right. So, number one, tight ends. I don't think it needs much, much explanation at all. It's Travis Kelsey. And by the way, I'm going to do about 10 to 15. I really don't know if I need to go higher than 10 to 15. And I'll try to provide input that I think Faraz would, would say, I don't have all those fancy stats in front of me, which I guess would have been helpful because he's usually the stat guy, but um, yeah, Travis Kelsey being first is kind of a no brainer. He averaged uh, around 20 points per game, which is nuts for a tight end. Crazy value. I-, I guess the question is, and by the way, no, like George Kittle, fully healthy, still not close to the tight end one for me, even though Travis Kelsey is getting up there in age. Um, but I mean, the difference between Kelsey and next guy up, which is Waller was huge. So there's no reason for Kelsey to not be that guy next year. Uh, The question is, would you take Travis Kelsey in the first round? I think we also talked about this last podcast, but I I would want to stray away from that. I I think if I can get him in the beginning of the second, I think that's ideal. But, um, you know, obviously the positional advantage is huge, and you're not going to get anything close to having that type of advantage. So, yeah, I mean, Travis Kelsey, definitely someone who, if he's in the right spot, I'll try and get him in a couple of leagues, but if he's not, then, you know, that's just kind of the way it goes. There'll be value later and we'll get into some of those value names um, as the list goes on as well. So next up, we have two and three. And by the way, if you guys can't tell, I'm going to be moving a little faster here. Um, it may not be an hour long podcast and maybe half hour, maybe 25 minutes. We'll see what happens. But um, Darren Waller, He's my number two guy. I have him right above George Kittle. Um, and, and I will say that can very, very easily change if the Raiders bring on a big name free agent wide receiver. Um, my worry last year was that Darren Waller was going to be out-targeted and see, seem a big decrease in targets because of guys like Hunter Renfro, Henry Ruggs. Um, even some of the tight ends, I believed were going to take some work. But that really wasn't the case. I mean, Darren Waller, he ran 505 routes, which was fifth. I, I want to assume among tight ends. Yeah, this is definitely among tight ends. But um, he also had 146 targets, first among tight ends. He had <laughs> 92.8 snap share Uh, 28% target rate absolutely nuts he had the most deep targets with 17 the most red zone targets I mean this guy I'm looking I'm a player profiler right now and I'm looking at all these stats look at productivity number one in receptions number two in receiving yards number two in air yards uh, number one in unrealized air yards. Number one in yards after catch. Number three in touchdowns. Nine touchdowns. Awesome. Uh, number two in fantasy points per game with 17. So everything about Darren Waller last year was amazing. So uh, he had four drops in the year. Not bad. I'm trying to find. Uh, okay, here, here's Faraz's favorite stat. He, he loves to do this. He loves to talk about. Um, so right here, I have fantasy points per route run. 0.55 third that sounds good that sounds good i'm just trying to pick out stats that ferraz would like because he's not here but um yeah i mean look there's lots of like about darren waller if they add someone like juju who could take away from that slot position that's when i kind of get worried because if like darren waller does a lot of his work in the middle of the field he can also he very well can play outside but he he's built like a wide receiver so i i, I, st- I don't have any doubts that he'll be a top three top four guy no matter who they add but at the same time between him and kittle i don't think the difference is all that much so adding someone like juju to the to the uh to a team like the raiders who by the way seem very very interested in juju would definitely stray me away from having wallers my second tight end where would i take him in the <laughs> That's tough. I mean, third, fourth round, I think that's a good place to target him. I wouldn't want to jump to the second round, but again, it depends on who they add, depends what the quarterback situation looks like. As of right now, it's Darren Car- Derek Carr. For George Kittle, it's unknown. I mean, right now they're saying Jimmy Garoppolo is gonna be the guy, but we don't know if that's gonna be true for the uh the entire year. And there's still a lot of offseason to go through. So next up we have George Kittle. He's my number three. Um, he's dealt with a lot of injuries as of late. I mean, last year alone, he had a hamstring strain, an MCL sprain, which caused him to miss two games and a foot fracture is a big one that took him out for six games. So, um, George Kittle for the most part last year, wasn't much of a factor. Um, when he was on the field though, I mean, George Kittle was third in points per game. He had 15.6 fantasy points per game, uh, efficiency wise. He had... The most yards per route run, which another stat for us goes nuts for. So, guys, that's good. (laughs) George Kittle is still really, really good. And honestly, that's never been the question. The question for George Kittle is, can he stay healthy? And who's throwing him the ball? Because if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, fine, he can get the job done. But if the 49ers upgraded quarterback, if they trade for a guy like Sam Darnold, um, I think that's even an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo, who at best is a game manager, but Sam Darnold, he's got that huge ceiling. He's got, you know, that raw talent. So if, if they can use him right with that, which I think Shanahan can, then, uh, George Kittle could definitely be so scenario 49ers get Sam Darnold and Raiders get Juju Smith, George Kittle easily. My number two, Darren Waller, easily my number three. But they're not going to move much from that position um, outside of that. So, yeah, that's one, two, and three. Now, I'll give you guys a second because I'm alone. I can keep saying that because I'm sad. But who do you think number four is going to be? I feel like the obvious answer might be someone like Mark Andrews, maybe Hunter Henry. Um, Some of you guys might know who I'm pointing to, even though the quarterback situation doesn't look as good as it was going to. I'll give you a second, I'll give you a second, TJ Hawkinson. So TJ Hawkinson is my tight end for, he had 101 targets last year, which is huge, and now potentially Kenny Galladay, Danny Amendola, and Marvin Jones leaving in free agency, which opens up a ton of targets, um, and look, even if they do add someone, TJ Hawkinson is going to be the number one there, because I, I really don't see... The Lions going for someone like Juju and Allen Robinson's taken. Chris Godwin's gone. Even if they draft a wide receiver early, if, if they draft Jamar Chase, which he's not going to make it to them in the draft, but even if they do, I think TJ Hawkinson's still going to be the number one guy there. So he's in for a lot more targets next year. Um, he, he was pretty efficient when it came to being on the field. I mean, ooh, he did have 11 drops, which is not good. Uh, Where's this yards per route run? Where is it? 1.6 yards per route run, 14th. Okay, well, maybe he doesn't look as good, but you know what? 10.8 fantasy points per game, six touchdowns, 328 yards after catch, 723 yards, 67 catches. I mean, this guy produced. And even if he's not the most efficient guy, that can still go up, especially if they start playing him more outside because of Kenny Galladay being out of the picture. So, yeah, a lot to like about DJ Hawkinson. I'm not sure what Faraz would have wanted to add to this. I'm sure he just could have been asking about that yards per route run, But we got it. Don't worry. Don't worry. By the way, Faraz, if you're listening to this, which I hope you are, I hope everything's okay. And, um, you know, Joe Mixon. So let's move on to my number five. Kind of skipping around here. Sorry, guys. I'm not used to doing this by myself. And I mentioned that so many times already, so I'll stop. Um, Mark Andrews, he's my tight end five. Uh, a little more inconsistent last year than a lot of us wouldn't would have liked, but overall, I mean, he still had the fourth most fantasy points per game with twelve. Um, he, he was great he had 701 receiving yards 58 receptions the touchdowns did take a dip from the year before but he still had seven uh, I believe he also dealt with an injury yeah so he had a, a thigh injury but and he also dealt with COVID I believe as well which uh hindered him a little bit so yeah I mean look fantasy points per route run 0. 0.51 um yeah Mark Andrews They're still in a spot. The Ravens are in a spot where they're they're not going to add another big-name wide receiver. They already said they're not going to go after Kenny Galladay. If Chris Godwin and Allen Robinson were available, they weren't going to go after them. First run of the draft, they might go defensive line, might go offensive tackle with Orlando Brown wanting a trade. So, yeah, I mean, Mark Andrews is still going to be in line to be that tight end one. It's just about how efficient Lamar Jackson is going to be and when he's going to be efficient. Because that second half of the year, Lamar really started to pick it up. But that first half, Mark Andrews was complete hit or miss. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, coming up, the next couple of guys here, 6, 7, and 8. I got Hunter Henry at 6, Logan Thomas at 7, and Mike Gizicchi at 8. So Hunter Henry, if he stays with the Chargers, um, I, I think if they stay with the Chargers and if the Chargers do release Mike Williams, which they still can and they probably still will, as Faraz has spoken to, that they can cut him for no money loss and they would save him about 15 million dollars in cap space. I'd say if they really need it, they can make that move or restructure. But <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But uh yeah, I mean, if they release him and Hunter Henry stays in Los Angeles then, uh, yeah, I think he's a shoe in to be a top five, top six tight end with Justin Herbert going into his second year. But even if he leaves in free agency, he goes to a team like Patriots, Jaguars. Uh, Seattle is in the market for a tight end. Uh, I, I think he can still produce because I think he is one of the more talented tight ends in the league. So, yeah, Hunter Henry looking good in that top six. Logan Thomas, one of my favorite, favorite sleepers last year. Uh, he ended up tearing it up towards the end of the year. I mean, let me try to pull up a stat here and distract you guys while I do that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so essentially on the year, I believe Logan Thomas ended up finishing the top five. <laughs> yeah, Logan Thomas on the year finishes the tight end four, which is nuts. And I mean, Robert Tony finishes the tight end three, so maybe not as nuts as it sounds, but... Yeah, L- Logan Thomas. Let's go to the second half of the year. Let's go week nine to week 16. Let's see how he did there. So, Logan Thomas in that span scored 13 points per game. Okay, let's go a little later. Let's go week 11. I think that's when he really started to pick it up. Now we're up to 14 points per game. I mean, towards the end of the year, Logan Thomas, by the way, Darren Waller, week 11 to 16, 22.3 points per game. Also, very notable. Um, <laughs> Also, from our other guy that we're going to talk about, Mike Azeki, in that span, week 11 to week 16, Mike Azeki, 15 points per game with Tua, just Tua. So, yeah, both these guys, someone, both both these guys um, really looking forward to see playing next year. But both teams who could potentially add wide receivers that will steal their targets. Logan Thomas for Washington, if they add someone like Curtis Samuel, which they've been rumored to be interested in or maybe they spend a first round pick on a wide receiver to um, play opposite of Terry, because that's not something that they have. Then yeah, that could hurt his chances because Logan Thomas like feasted off those high target values. Um, But I do think it is kind of a Darren Waller situation where Thomas is just very, very talented. And even if they add a couple of small name guys, he could still be very, very valuable next year. So just keep an eye on where his ADP is. It's too early to check now, but, Definitely a name to keep on your radar for 2021. Um, Mike Gizeki one of my favorite breakout tight ends. But the Dolphins are prepared to make a big splash, whether it's Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, Kenny Aude. Um, you know, if they add someone like Marvin Jones, I won't be overly worried. But it seems like Miami is going to add some wide receiver help. If they do that, it's going to hurt Gizeki's chances, especially if they add someone like Jalen Waddell. Um, who, who could play in that slot position really well? So both Thomas and Gzeki, guys, I'm gonna be keeping a close eye on as this season rolls on, the off-season rolls on. Um, let's jump to nine and ten. After nine and ten, I'll point out some of the names, some of the sleepers I have in mind. Um, but yeah, so nine, I have Noah Fant, and ten I have Dallas Goddard. So Noah Fant. Kind of in a tricky situation right now because I love the talent and he's great in the red zone, he's great between the like, uh, great for moving the chains. But you have Jerry and Judy there, you have Cortland Sutton, you have KJ Hamler, you have Melvin Gordon, you have Albert Aquiegbaum, who Drew Lock loves for some reason. Um. <laughs> And it's Drew Locke. Did I mention Drew Locke's still there? He's still the starting quarterback for the Broncos. So unless they make a trade, a drastic trade for someone like Deshaun Watson, it's going to be hard to trust a guy like Noah Fant on a week-to-week basis. So that's when I really become um, cautious for the Noah Fant hype. I want there to be a breakout, but I just don't know if we're going to get it. And he's dealt with a lot of injuries, too. So that's also another red flag to keep in mind. Dallas Goddard, as of right now, Zach Ertz is still a Philadelphia Eagle. But he will not be a Philadelphia Eagle by the time 2021 rolls around. He will be released or traded. Um, we had a notification earlier in the week saying that Ertz, an Ertz deal could come in the next couple of days or so. He's apparently owed a lot of money. But uh, I the interested teams at this point seem to be the Colts and the Seahawks. Both teams that I think he could do well at. And I think um, those teams would put Zach Ertz in the top 15 conversation. So, yeah, we'll have to see how that goes about. But when Ertz is officially gone from this Philadelphia Eagles team, Dallas Goddard has potential to be that top eight, top six. And I I wouldn't even be crazy. it, It wouldn't even be crazy to label him as a top five guy because Jalen Hurts had a ton of passing volume to the tight ends. It was just kind of split between even Richard Rodgers, Zach Ertz, and Dallas Goddard. So if he's able to hone in on just Goddard and they still have a mess of wide receivers, he could be very, very valuable next year. So in Dynasty, now is a great time to jump on Dallas Goddard. You might have to overpay just a little bit, but trust me, in the end, it's definitely going to be worth it. Um, Okay, what names do I want to pick out here? Um, let me just also talk about this real quick. Robert Tanyan, I have him at thirteen um Tanyan had like way too many touchdowns last year which and i know that was the argument for aaron jones last year right aaron jones had 17 rushing touchdowns or whatever it was there's no way he's gonna do that again so there's no way i'm drafting him that high and um robert Tanyan had 11 touchdowns which was the most of all tight ends but he was also very very good as a receiver he had um 9.9 yards per touch he had 88.1 catch rate he was number one in target separation oh my god he was number one in target separation among tight ends number one in target premium which basically means the most bang for your buck um and he had the most fantasy points per target in the league uh out of tight ends and he had the highest qb rating when being targeted out of tight ends so tanyan produced and he produced very very well he's a restricted free agent right now but he is in line to be that guy for the packers next year we'll just have to see i mean because the targets weren't necessarily there when davante adams was on the field it was more so tanyan might get like a lucky touchdown or a, a big downfield catch so it's really going to depend on if the Packers do add a wide receiver through free agency or the draft, which is what I'm worried about. Because typically before Robert Tanyan, um there wasn't really a big name tight end that the Packers used. I mean, they just kind of didn't use that position for a long time. It was the wide receivers. And now if it's Devonte Adams, or let's say Will Fuller, or let's say the draft Rondell Moore or someone of that stature, it's really going to hurt his value and he's going to be a complete hit or miss, just like he was in the second half of the season. Uh, That one game against Atlanta, Robert Tanyan had three touchdowns, which definitely makes him look a lot better than he was on the actual year. So um, Tanyan, someone I'm cautious about, but look, if the Packers don't add anyone threatening, Tanyan's going to be right back into that top 10. So don't worry. Let me take a breath. Usually when Faraz is here, I can breathe a little bit okay so i'm gonna name three sleepers maybe four okay four sleepers that i have for you guys right now uh irv smith kyle rudolph was released irv smith now in a good spot to be that contributing factor for the vikings still going to be a kubiak system with kyle rudolph out of the picture we did see tyler conklin get a little more targets than my liking but um yeah, I mean, with Adam Thielen getting up there in age, if there's an injury to Jefferson or Thielen, Irv Smith can be a legitimate tight end one, and it may not even need that. It, it's just going to depend on how they want to run their offense, if they're going to remain run heavy or if they're going to be balanced. So I think Irv Smith is going to surprise some people at points, but I don't want to overdraft him either because I feel like he could also disappoint. Uh, another guy, Cole a second-year tight end, someone who I really like, drew comps to Travis Kelsey, believe it or not. And guess who his head coach is? Matt Nagy, former offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, uh, but we've heard this before. We've heard Matt Nagy call Trey Burton his new Travis Kelsey, and they were going to use him in that fashion, but it never happened. Cole Komet started to show up towards the end of the year with Jimmy Graham being hurt, um, and he you know made an impact in some of those games. If they upgrade that quarterback, if the, if the Bears get Russell Wilson, which has been rumored, and there's some behind the scenes stuff we don't know about that's going on between the Bears and the Seahawks right now. Russell Wilson is saying he wants to go there. The Bears making a strong push to get him. So if that happens, I think Cole Komet can also jump into the tight end one conversation. Obviously, Allen Robinson being franchise tagged does not help his chances. But at the same time, um, the other guys are like Darnell Mooney, who did very well in his rookie year, Anthony Miller and – outside of that there really isn't much other than the running back so there is room for commit to have a role in this offense it just might be an inconsistent role adam troutman another one of my sleepers for tight ends and he's starting to become one of my favorites i mean the the saints released jared cook they released josh hill they released emmanuel sanders um it's still up in the air about drew Brees. it's Assumed throughout the league that Drew Brees is going to retire and it's going to be Jameis or Taysom Hill taking the reins at quarterback. And if that's the case, it's Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and Adam Troutman. I mean, if it's Jameis Winston, a guy who's going to air it out, I think Troutman's perfect for this offense and he's going to see a ton of snaps. So, yeah, I mean, just that alone is enough to get Adam Troutman into your lineups and he's going to be undrafted vastly in all leagues. And I'm I'm not going into too much detail about a lot of these guys just because again, there's so much that's going to change. We're going to make a video probably doing rankings sometime in June and July. And I'm going to be saying complete opposite. I mean, not complete, but you get the point. It's, it's going to be a lot of change at that point. Um, I mentioned four sleepers and I got to bring this guy up and I know Fraz would want me to i know he would He's a jets fan chris herndon so chris herndon in the last couple of games actually started to get involved even with adam Gase. i know shocking so um let's see chris herndon let's go to, i believe it was the last couple of games let's go to the fantasy playoffs so chris herndon in the fantasy playoffs, um, he got 7.7 7 points per game, which is more than you could say for a large portion of the year. He did have a couple of touchdown grabs, and he looked like a much more improved player towards the end of the year as well. So um, now with a new regime in New York, yeah, so Chris Harden the last two weeks, a touchdown in each game. and th- That week 17, Chris Harden had seven catches for 63 yards and a touchdown. And that's the Chris Herndon we were told we were getting in the offseason. So now you have a LaFleur system, which we just saw what that did for Robert Tanyan last year. We've seen what that LaFleur inspired by Shanahan system has done for George Kittle and a lot of other teams on the league now at this point, with all the Shanahan systems out there. So yeah, you know what? Everybody's done with Chris Herndon. Nobody wants a part of him, just like nobody wants a part of Joe Mixon. But guess what? If this is the year, you want to be a part of it. And you don't have to waste a single dollar to get him. If you're in auction league, Chris Herndon is probably free. You can pick him up after the auction league's over. If you're drafting, undrafted, guaranteed. So the Chris Herndon hype train has kind of died out at this point. So he's what we call a post hype sleeper. And I think he's been that for a little while now, but that's okay because you know it, it's looking up for 2021 so you can't blame me for wanting to talk about him and wanting to be um wanting him to be a part of my fantasy teams okay well hey guys that's gonna do it not sure how long this episode's gonna turn out to be i uh, hope you guys enjoyed next week do not worry Faraz is gonna be back i apologize if this wasn't what you were expecting, but, uh, I, I, did my best, you know, I'm not used to doing this alone. I used to do a podcast by myself a while ago, but you know, I, it's been a while essentially. So I want to thank you guys for watching again Faraz. Hope everything gets better. And, um, yeah, I'll we'll see you guys next week talking about free agency and, uh, what happened. So see you then.